Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex, and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch, and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand, The Purist Collection. Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space, and expresses herself fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles, and knows that she is magic. Welcome, Welcome fellow witch. We are so happy you are here. This episode is proudly brought to you by The Purist Collection, a luxury naturopath-formulated skin, body, and lifestyle brand, supporting you with herbal medicine, flower aroma, and crystal therapy, because what you put on your body is just as important as what you put in it. Available online at thepuristcollection.com. That's the with purist, P-U-R-I-S-T, collection.com. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode 38, Vedic Meditation with our guest, Krista Sanderson. Krista is a Vedic meditation teacher that has a background in hydrogeology. She has had over two decades in the mining industry and found Vedic meditation after some challenging, pivotal moments in her life. And she really wants others to learn this technique because it had such a profound impact on her life. We talk about meditation and the benefits and the value of meditation on the episode so frequently that it was mm. definitely about time, T, that we got someone on who can really talk us through um, and particularly on such a, an, an incredible type of meditation too. And Krista is your meditation teacher. Yes, I, you know, that saying, um, you know, the teacher appears when you're ready. Yes. <laughs> and I found Krista in a really witchy way actually in my story <laughs> in my corporate career um, I do strategic marketing and I work very closely with Krista's brother I have for about maybe seven years now and for my annual leave um, when I was working full-time I would use my holidays to do Ayurvedic um, student clinics, were, which mm. were intensive clinics. And I didn't really let anyone know in the corporate space because it was still back then very... Yeah. <laughs> well, I think even now a lot of people are confused yeah. about what Ayurveda is. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And so being in my role, I was, you know, needing to be contactable um, most of the time. So when I would do this, you know, two weeks of you know, out time, um, you know, a lot of people started to ask questions and I, you know, it just ended up saying, you know, I'm doing Ayurveda and this is, you know, my love and, and, you know, um, <laughs> and then, uh, like, um, James, her brother, he, um, said to me, you need to speak to my sister. She is talking about the same things that you do. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then every now and again, he would bring it up in a conversation, like you really need to speak to my sister. And I thought, no, I'm not going to you know, speak to someone that I, I haven't met before. Yeah. And the messages kept coming louder and louder. And I finally rang Krista and I was just like, yep, I'm, I'm ringing you. And we just had a conversation for two hours and um, yeah, I felt like I'd known her forever and knew that she was going to be my teacher to help me with this, um, deepening my meditation practice into the advanced technique. 
And yeah, she has just been um, such a grounding force. And I have recently come back from a uh, rounding meditation retreat, which is a very immersive experience with her. And it was incredibly profound and life-changing and you will hear about it in Mm. this episode. Mm. And so I give her so much gratitude and yeah, honor her so much for um, her wisdom and her her guidance. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm excited for you to hear her wisdom and hear her view on Vedic meditation. Yeah. And Krista just has such a beautiful energy around her. And I really loved um, so much of this conversation with her. And this is definitely a longer podcast episode than we usually release, but we were kind of talking about it after the conversation and we really didn't want to cut anything out. So Mm. please bear with us. And um, yeah, we just know you're going to get so much out of this, out of this episode, just like we did out of the conversation. Yeah, so enjoy, fellow witch, and we are looking forward to seeing you on the other side. Welcome, Krista. We are very, very excited to have you here. Yeah, it's an honour. It's great to be here. And in person as well. Yeah, very exciting. Thank you for joining us. That The vibes are very high. Vibes are very high right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I really wanted to have you on... um, because I was speaking so much to Emma about mm. my experience at the recent Vedic meditation retreat that you held. And so I know we're going to dive into that. And it has profoundly changed me on so many levels. And yeah, just the complete heart opening that occurred and the activation of my root and my sacral chakras during that time. And it was not what I was expecting at all. And so I really want to share this ancient, ancient wisdom that you have. And yeah, you just appeared as this teacher when I needed it. So yes, I'm excited to dive in. and heard so much about you. Oh, it's so good to be here. (laughs) So first of all, we would love to know what your sun, moon and rising is. Well, <laughs> I will like ask you because you're, you know, my Vedic astrologer, but I, my rising sign is Capricorn. Is that right? Yes. Or yes. sun. Rising. rising. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rising yes. sun is Capricorn and my moon is in Virgo. Yes. Is that right? Yep. So good. <laughs> Yeah. And your son is in Aquarius. In Aquarius, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a mm. beautiful combo. Interesting. I know your chart really well. And it so does- my Mahadasha is in Saturn at the moment since mm. 2015 till 2034 or something like wow. that. Yeah. yeah, we're all experiencing mm. the taskmaster of beautiful Saturn right now, I feel, <laughs> in this room. <laughs> Hmm. Um, but always the punch for sure. Yeah. 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 And I, I loved looking at your chart because it's so full of so much higher knowledge and spiritual matters. And yeah, it was no surprise to me, um, that you're now in this teaching and knowledge path and spiritual path. Mm -hmm. Um, we would also like to know what your 
human design is? Uh, manifesting generator. Beautiful. Yes, yes, love that. Mm. And so we would love to know, Krista, tell us about your journey. Yeah. So how did you get to this point now? And mm. Vedic meditation teacher, what has led you to this this point? And it can be, you know, as detailed as you like. Okay, perfect. Well, I suppose I should talk about myself first. Talk about my self first. Um, I'm a geologist, hydrogeologist oh, by, wow. by trade. It's what I've been doing for almost 20 years now and spent the last sort of 17 of that in mining. Wow. Uh, I did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it in the chart either. No. There you go. Yeah. Well, you know, I've always loved the earth and, mm. you know, the ground and feeling grounded to the earth. And when I was at university, I just seemed to love it. Mm. And I sort of thought, I'll just do things that I like. And then all of a sudden I, you know, was doing an honours in geology and then spent most of my 20s travelling and living in Europe. Amazing. In London and then came back and thought I'd better use my degree <laughs> and just started, yeah, being a geologist and then went back to uni and did a master's in hydrogeology. Wow. And so, yeah, I've been working in mining for almost 20 years and I suppose that's, yeah, very stressful. Yeah. Doing lots of fly in, fly out, doing, you know, eight and six or two and one rosters, mm. then five, two, four, three for those who don't know is, you know, Monday to Thursday, Monday to Friday. So getting up at three something on a Monday, it's a burnout mm. kind of roster. It's a burnout lifestyle. I mean, got to be honest, it pays mm. well mm. and um, – we like to use the concept of the golden handcuffs <laughs> <laughs> where you feel like you're forced to stay. Mm. Um, and in this society and especially, you know, living over here in the West uh, in Perth, um, things are expensive yeah. and, uh, you know, society has sort of pushed this capitalist kind of agenda that we need need and want and gotta. Mm. Uh, anyway... Um, I've been doing that for a long period of time and um, in 2016 I had a relationship breakdown that wasn't particularly fun mm. and I just wasn't okay. I was doing the 5243 roster, uh, living in the Pilbara most of the time and coming back and then just realised, yeah, I wasn't dealing with life particularly mm. well. And then my father was diagnosed with a brain tumour not long after that. Oh, wow. And I wasn't doing all the things I love to do. I've always been heavily into sport. I uh, was doing triathlon at the time, playing a lot of tennis and just wasn't enjoying any of that mm. and felt like I wasn't achieving at work. I just wasn't invested. I wasn't in it. I wasn't mm. just really wasn't enjoying anything, wasn't seeing friends, um, drinking more than I normally do. Uh, yeah, not enjoying I just really wasn't enjoying life mm. and then uh, a friend of mine said why don't you try meditation and I'd spent you know the last 20 years trying different things uh, from the you know super woo woo to you know <laughs> very generic mm. and I've tried heaps of different types of meditation uh, but nothing ever really stuck mm. and 
friend told me about this particular teacher. There's only one at the time in Perth and oh. she's in her 80s and a poster child for this type of meditation because she's still mountain bikes, she's super fit oh, and active. Wow. So I went and saw her and got my mantra and my life changed in the instant. And so that was, what, early, mid-2017. And I can hand on my heart, if it wasn't for this technique, um, my life would be very different. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's through practising 20 minutes twice a day, just saying my, you know, personalised mantra mm. easily and effortlessly, it's completely changed my life. I was able to see life in a completely different way. I was able to, you know, begin to love life mm. in a way that I had done for so many years. I stopped doing FIFO, moved back to Perth. Uh, yeah, just started re-engaging with life. Mm. Um, I was happier, healthier, more creative. Just, you know, re-enlivening my cells because I wasn't, I was removing stress from my nervous system. I was calming my mind. Mm. And then in 2019, I um, went and did my teacher training in India all through COVID. Oh, we wow. didn't really know anything about COVID, <laughs> to be quite honest. Yeah. And I remember my mum calling me in sort of March saying, <laughs> the world's closing down and all flights have been cancelled and you've got to come home. And, you know, I, I said, I've got to finish this teacher training. It's mm. really important for me. I'll figure it out. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> obviously... Things have changed significantly since then, but mm. it was really important for me to finish this teacher training because I went to the teacher training because I've had such profound benefits from this technique. I want to be able to teach others so they can also have yeah. the technique. And what's really important for me and one of the reasons why I wanted to do the teacher training as well is that I was at the lowest of the low. Well, for me, that's what mm. I felt like. I was not okay. I don't want people to get to that, you know, end point where they feel like, Life is just the pits mm. and then do something about it, mm. um, you know, from a positive perspective. Mm. I want to help people when they're something's not okay and they're realising it. I want mm. people to, you know, get the benefits now, not when they're having a nervous breakdown or, as we know, you know, every, mm. a lot of people are really stressed at the moment. Um Almost yeah, like a preventative tool. Preventative, 100%. Yeah. So it was really important for me and I remember my dad saying to me, because I went to India when he was quite sick um, mm. and, he, and I was only going for four weeks and was quite concerned about, mm. you know, leaving him at the time and he said, Krista, this is what you've always meant to be doing. You've got to go oh. to this. You've got to go. And then I came back and, you know, changed my life. That was, I went on a retreat. And so, yeah. Come back to sort of May 2020, trying to find a flight home was hilarious. And then I spent four weeks in quarantine, so two weeks in Melbourne because there was no flights to Perth at the time. Um, I mean, can't really complain. I stayed in the crown. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to get stuck, you may as well get stuck there. Yeah, Yeah. and it was, you know, it was one of the first repatriation flights from India uh, and... Yeah, it was just it, the whole thing was amusing. But I didn't really care. I just spent the last five min- months meditating yeah. in India. I was so relaxed. Uh, I t- just didn't really care. I had yeah. north-facing room. I was getting oh. morning sun. Um, I was only allowed out ten minutes per week to the smoking balcony of the rooftop <laughs> bar. I didn't care, though. I was strolling up and down. 
didn't bother me what an iota. And then got back to Perth, did another two weeks at home mm. and then, you know, re-entered life in a completely different way that mm. I left it in December 2019 and, yeah, just started teaching from there. I uh, wonder if almost that the fact that you did have to quarantine almost acted like an incubation period for everything that you'd learnt and brought home Whereas I wonder what would have happened if you'd just come straight back into normal life? COVID or not, yeah. definitely. Um, it, it needs to be the integration. Yeah. And I really needed one to sleep mm. and also to not be with anyone. Like mm. I'd been spending, you know, love my colleagues, but mm. I'd spend five months with people 24 hours yeah. a day and going to bed at one in the morning, getting up at four for three months. <sighs> uh, I just needed to rest mm. and I needed to not see anyone. So it was really quite perfect mm. um, to shower whenever I wanted to, uh, to dance around. It was yeah. just, it was marvellous to be quite honest. Yeah. I know other people have had many different uh, quarantine experiences, yes. but for me it was perfect and, yeah. you know, it helped me integrate back into mm. society that had changed mm. quite a lot mm. um, and I found it quite consuming you know, even going to get a coffee with all the stickers on the ground yeah. <laughs> and perspex kind of things. And, yeah. you know, I'm a, a people person and I like yeah. to, you know, be able to see what people are saying and we've become so used to now, you know, we speak with our eyes because for, you know, two years people yeah. were wearing masks. Mm. But that's not the whole of the body. It's mm. not the whole of the face. And I feel like people are not okay also mm. from wearing mm. masks. Mm. I mean, we can go on whole big mm. trajectory about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, mm. so that's what I do. So I still work in the mining industry because yeah, I wow. actually feel it's still um, important mm. for me to have a foot mm. in that industry and I just, you know, I, I still love the earth and mm. uh, what I do is to do with water is still important to me. So for the moment I have a foot still in the mining industry and that's also where I know I can support people. Yeah. Even if I'm not teaching them, um, just having a presence there, I think, yeah. yeah, it's important for me. And then, yeah, I teach in Perth and teach in the southwest where I live now. Amazing. Mm. So, you know, in terms of what Vedic meditation is, mm. um, there's three types of meditation and Vedic meditation is a transcending practice. So I should talk about the other two types. So mm. there's concentration and contemplation types of meditation, which you might have heard of before. And concentration type of meditation is you know, activating the left hem hemisphere of the brain. And it's more, you know, they use it for um, memory and, and, concentra okay. and concentrating. So it's good for helping with how to concentrate better. Mm. Uh, we, It's used... Um, from a terms of concentration, like concentrating on a your third eye or your big toe or a candle in front of you. And it has definite benefits to help mm. with concentration. The other type is contemplation type of meditation, which is more um, mindfulness mm -hmm. under the sort of the banner of mindfulness um, where you're using your mind to go to your happy place or, you know, the manifesting aspects and it's activating that right hemisphere of the brain. Mm -hmm. Both amazing techniques and I've got to be honest, through COVID, mm. the um, proliferation of apps like Headspace yes. and mm. Insight Timer has been amazing because mm. it's giving people an opportunity to 
test out meditation mm. even for two to five minutes. Yeah. And there's amazing meditations on there for all different types of things. And, I've, you know, it's fantastic. And mm. there's millions of people that have had an opportunity to try something that they've needed at yeah. the time. Then there's transcending types of meditation, which um, I teach Vedic meditation, mm. which is a transcendent technique. And the right way this is different to the other two types is that um, you get given a personalised mantra mm-hmm. and there's many mantras on on the planet, mm. uh, you know, go to bed or go to sleep, baby, <laughs> or like, yeah. you know, <laughs> or I want to win a million dollars, I want to win a million dollars, <laughs> all those sorts of things. I mean, there's millions of them, yeah. right? Uh, I always talk in my courses about if you had – your mantra as the word pineapple, a really nice word, but it has a meaning or you have a tactile memory response to eating a you know pineapple on a pizza or in a pina colada when you're on holiday in your mm-hmm. 20s and you have a memory attached to that or you know what a pineapple, you know, looks like, smells like, tastes like, you know, it's spiky, all of those sorts of things. So you have a memory attached to it mm-hmm. and whilst you could say, you know, pineapple is your mantra, you're not going to get the same benefits as um, a bija mantra which is what I you know use as part of this technique and bija in Sanskrit means seed Mm -hmm. and mantra essentially uh, in Sanskrit means mind vehicle so we're Mm -hmm. using a seed to allow the mind to go to the subtlest forms of awareness so we always talk about the mantra being subtler, vaguer, finer, fainter. When you say it effortlessly in your mind, you're repeating it over and over again. And it's allowing the mind to go to the subtlest forms of awareness mm. to a point where you have no mantra, no thought, like the mind falls mute. And this is one of the main benefits because the mind just wants to be happy. So all of our thoughts in every aspect of our lives with our eye, when our eyes are open is darting left and right to find happiness, whether it be chocolate, a chai latte, um, you know, food. Uh, We're just trying to find happiness so the Mm. mind is moving around. So to allow the mind to not have any thoughts, Mm. which just sounds ridiculous because for so many of us we're having thoughts sometimes 24-7 because the mind doesn't shut off and Mm. so we're not able to, you know, rest and sleep at night. But to literally have no thoughts, the mind motivated by its own innate nature to find happiness is, you know, saying this Bija mantra effortlessly over and over again in the 20 minutes twice a day, which is the practice that I teach. Mm. The mind falling mute uh, because it doesn't need to have any other thoughts in that particular moment because it's filled with waves of bliss or happiness. So it doesn't need to be anywhere else. Mm. It just is completely happy where it is right now and Mm. to experience that is is amazing it's the most Mm. amazing thing I've ever experienced so that's what we call the inner stroke in this particular technique so the mind falling mute um you know going to this inner state of awareness subtlest state of awareness Mm. where you have no much and no thought and then the other amazing benefit of this technique is the, what we call the outward stroke and that's removing stress from the physiology from from mm. the body and it does that by replacing the stress chemistry that gets built up in our body mm. on the daily from the moment we wake up mm. uh, 
you know, from getting our, our first coffee that to driving to work and I always talk about, you know, the uh, an old granny pulling in front of you on the freeway. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like obsessed with like old grannies, but anyway, <laughs> I always talk about, you know, a granny pulling in front of you on the freeway and, you know, you have a stress reaction because yeah. you didn't ex- expect it. And that's essentially what stress is, is mm. an inaccurate or a change in expectations and the body reacts Mm. to that change in expectation. And we have, unfortunately, in this 21st century lifestyle, um, an overload of experience. And we have this gotta, gotta, gotta lifestyle. Mm. Gotta do this, gotta be there, gotta, you know, go somewhere, be in the car, gotta get to this meeting at 8 o'clock. So by the time you even get to work, you've had a huge overload of experience. Uh, You've got to go to a meeting, you've got to do a presentation, then, you know, see colleagues that, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Mm. And then you leave at five, six, eight o'clock at night. Drive home, then try to be the best version of yourself with your family, <laughs> loved ones, friends. But you've had a huge overload of stress from that day, and unfortunately, in the twenty first century life, eight hours or six to nine hours, as they recommend, is just not enough. So mm. we're waking up with needing toothpicks in the eyes to stay awake. And then you get the coffee. Then you do it all over again, and then. Friday night comes and we're sort of craving for that Friday night. I need to have a drink. Mm. I need to eat crap food. Yeah. And then we do that for Saturday night and then like, oh, God, Sunday, i got to go to work on Monday. And then you, you know, everyone does it. Do the washing, go see the yeah. friends, spend time with the kids, whatever it is, um, before you have to then do it all again. That's the 21st century life and yeah. it's not sustainable. No. Mm. And as we can see in society, people are not okay. Mm. They're super stressed. And so when just looking at one day, today, Monday, Mm. getting up, getting a coffee, going to work, being stressed because you're late, you know, all of those sorts of things. Oh, my God, I've only got, you know, 10Ks left and I've got to get fuel, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is that um, is happening in your life Mm. where the body is, you know, releasing cortisol and adrenaline in our system and getting stressed is totally fine. That's what what the body does. Our our machines are so amazing. We could spend lifetimes trying to understand what our body Mm. is doing, but oh my gosh, what an amazing machine. Mm. But getting stressed is glorious. We want to be doing that. We Mm. want to be getting cortisol and adrenaline and released into the system because it's trying to save our life. Unfortunately, our physiology hasn't changed in thousands and thousands of Mm. years and we're not running away from tigers anymore. Mm. We're, you know, avoiding grannies on the freeway and where our cortisol and adrenaline gets released and we get, you know, everyone reacts to a stress differently and so you're all going to have very, you know, different ways in which you interact with stress but clammy palms, heart racing, dryness of the mouth, you have to get tunnel vision. So that's why when you're on the freeway, irrespective of the granny, um, <laughs> you you know, have a look on the freeway when you're driving this week. You know, you'll see people turning their heads 180 degrees to try and, you know, change lanes. They've lost their peripheral vision. Mm. So they're only seeing sort of right in front of them because they can't see beyond because they're full of stress chemistry and they're trying mm. to get you know, Jack to football training or, you know, Jasmine to ballet and Mm. they've got to go here to do another appointment. They've got their own other things going on. 
trying to cook dinner, la, la, la. Um, they've got an, o- an overload of experience. Their body's overloaded with cortisol and adrenaline. It's the staying stressed that's the issue and that's yeah. the thing that is big in society at the moment is we're getting stressed and we're staying stressed. And yeah. so that the six to nine hours of sleep is just not enough. Mm. Um, and our body is with full of cortisol and adrenaline mm. is why we're starting also to see, I mean, obviously there's other factors involved medically, but, uh, you know, if we're full of cortisol and adrenaline and staying full mm. of cortisol and adrenaline as well as other sort of stress chemistries, then we start to get ill, our immunity, mm. it gets off, you know, thyroid concerns. Um, yeah, we're not able, you know, there's malabsorption of nutrients yep. and then adding, you know, gluten and, you know, refined things in our life because we're stressed. We want to have the alcohol, we want to have the packet of chips, mm. chocolate, etc. So, you know, it's a vicious cycle mm. and it's hard to get out of when mm. you're not fully understanding what stress is and what it's then doing to our system. So, um, yeah. We just not we're not taught what stress actually is. We're just taught the byproduct of it, or how our different bodies deal with it, or like, yeah. oh, my heart's racing and I don't understand why. Yeah. And um, you know, w- what I teach as well is um, this concept of um, premature cognitive commitments, which is essentially we have, you know, our whole body lives. We've had lots of different stresses and mm. lots of different traumas that our bodies have interacted with mm. and our bodies, it, it could be a, you know, a car accident and it could be, you know, the loss, loss of a loved one. It could be, you know, at seven years old, you really liked this guy and then he <laughs> didn't want to play kiss chasey with you in the playground. And then, you know, at that moment, that's also, you know, <laughs> one of my experiences. <laughs> um, I won't mention his name, but anyway. <laughs> um, you know, my, my mind has mm-hmm. taken a snapshot of what happened at that particular moment. And yes, there was the primary stressor that he didn't want to play kiss chasey with me, but there's also all the other um, tactile and sensory aspects to that particular moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was on the lawn, so the green grass, mm-hmm. blue sky, um, you know, I was probably eating an orange or something. We just don't know what the mind is taking a snapshot mm. of. Mm. So, um, you know, we're getting stressed for no reason as mm. well for the rest of our lives. Like I might get st- have a, a stress reaction when I eat an orange, but mm. I won't, you know, it's just an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not necessarily know why I feel like heart palpitations mm. or my dry, my mouth is dry because mm. I'm eating an orange, but it's because my mind, you know, 30-something years ago has mm. taken a snapshot of this experience mm. and I don't necessarily have a memory of it. And yeah. so we call pre-cognitive, um, premature cognitive commitments and we have thousands of them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but allowing our mind to say an, a mantra easily and effortlessly for 20 minutes twice a day is, you know, facilitating not only the mind calming but then the body is letting go of stress. Yeah. So you're replacing the stress chemistry with you know what we call bliss chemistry so Mm. you know your oxytocin dopamine serotonin uh endorphins from a cellular level Mm. and this is why this technique is so profound is because you're not only yeah giving yourself so getting to the seated position is often the hardest thing because Mm. we have this gotta gotta lifestyle Mm. but once your body is in that seated position and your say your mantra even once, mm. 
your mind and your body know exactly what to do. And giving yourself that opportunity to sit for 20 minutes is so profound. Mm. Um, And when you open your eyes, you feel, you know, calmer, happier, more able to deal with life's demands. And that's essentially what we want. We want want to be able to deal with life's demands in the most relevant way, Mm. not be fighting or fighting fighting or flighting, mm. you know, that stress reaction. We hear that yeah. a lot. We want to be, you know, have that stay and play chemistry, that bliss chemistry, yeah. you know, proliferating through our cells so that we can deal with, you know, the granny pulling in front of you. Mm. Um, you, know, the, you know, you're swerving or moving in an easier way. I mean, I'm just using that as a, <laughs> a stress example. Mm. But we want to be interacting with life's demands in the most relevant way. And if we're full of stress, then we're just not. And then, you know, we see a lot of people, even in the supermarket, blow their top because um, a person scans something in twice Mm. or their kid drops some milk on the ground. Uh, You know, a completely benign situation, but we're already stressed. Mm. Our cup of stress is so full that a smallest little stress then, you know, blows us. Knocks it over. Yeah, knocks it over. And Mm. so to be able to remove stress beyond Mm. um, sleep, which isn't, you know, that's our body's natural way of removing Mm, stress. mm. If we're able to, you know, do this technique to remove stress Mm. so that we can, yeah, be the most relevant version of ourselves and it takes time to remove all of our stress that we've accumulated in the body. Yeah. 100%. I'm not saying it's immediate. And that's the other thing that, you know, this large, you know, society – um, we want things now. Oh, I yeah. want to buy things now. I want to. Um, I want a pill and to solve my problems now. Yeah. And this technique requires practice mm. and it requires, you know, giving yourself the opportunity to sit to know that you are giving yourself the best twenty minutes mm. to let go of the stress of the day. Uh, and, and remind your body that you're safe, right? hundred like percent. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing is, you know, and um, I'm happy to send all of the scientific papers, mm. but um, Sir John Eccles, who's an Australian man who won a Nobel Peace Prize in the 60s, I think, for brain, looking at the brain, mm. is that, you know, he determined that the brain is only using, you know, 2%, two percent basically of its cognitive capacity mm. because the rest of it, 98%, of our brain's cognitive ability is scanning our environment for stress triggers. Mm. So can you imagine if we used 3% mm. of our brain, what we could achieve? And yeah. we've, you know, achieved so many amazing things as a society and as a community. If we could, you know, remove 1% of our stress. Mm. Wow. Free up some space. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I teach. I want to be able to help people interact with life's demands in the most relevant way. Yeah. Yeah, and that fun, you know, we just want to be happy. The mind just wants to be happy. Yeah. And so to give the mind 20 minutes twice a day to yeah. let go of stress, remove body, remove stress from the body, allow the mind to calm down. And allow your body to work properly as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. from that um, pathological, pathophysical perspective mm. for your stomach to be able to digest properly and your immune yeah. system to work properly and oh my God, yeah. all of the things. Yeah. And the thing is like stress isn't contained within the mind. It's yeah. contained within the body. And yeah. so letting go of, of stress in the body, mm. you know, I, could, I broke my wrist twice when I was in my teens and, you know, when I first started meditating, mm. my wrist was really sore. And it's because the, my body is letting yeah. go of the stress chemistry held within those cells. Mm. 
which to me at the time I was, you know, it was painful, but mm. it's also, wow, how amazing is this, mm. you know, human machine that we have? Like yeah. I'm allowing the body to get let go of the chemistry held within my broken wrist cells. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Amazing. Oh God, we could talk I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> yeah, so good. Hours and hours. Yeah. yeah. I I remember when you were uh, teaching me my advanced technique, Krista, and I remember asking you what you loved the most about teaching someone meditation. And you said you'll forever do it for the look of bliss on that person's face Mm. and how much that gives to you. And that really stayed with me because in that state, that's exactly how you feel. And if you say logically, you just sit there for 20 minutes and you say this mantra that no one else knows, Mm. like how, how is that doing anything for me? I could be writing you know, seven emails in yeah. that 20 minutes, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And then I don't have to think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just profound how such a simple practice uh, can, like you say, just change your ability to focus, your ability to come back into the present moment. That's the greatest thing that it's given me. Mm. And, yeah, just release it from the body. And... I wanted to go into a little bit of the training that you had. I am assuming that it was similar to what we did at the retreat, which was a technique called rounding. And if you had told me that I would be able to do a meditative practice for seven hours a day, I would just be Mm. like, no, um, that is not available to me. (laughs) No. (laughs) And so I am fascinated by this technique that you took me through um, and I alluded to, gave me so, so many breakthroughs. What, can you explain this technique and, and why it's so profound and yeah, what you have gotten from it as well? And I guess also for those of us in the room, AKA me. <laughs> and probably quite a lot of our listeners, like the rounding and the retreat, amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't personally have any knowledge of Vedic meditation mm-hmm. other than what you said. Yeah. Meditating with a mantra that's been personally prescribed 20 minutes twice a day. Can you break down how that works, how we are given a mantra mm-hmm. and, and then I guess the techniques that exist within Vedic meditation more broadly, like rounding? Sure. No problem. So I I went on a tangent about pineapples before. <laughs> but so, yeah, if pineapple was your mantra, beautiful word, but you're not going to get the same benefits mm. um, that you do with a bija mantra. And so, like I said, bija is seed. Um, it's allowing, it's a meaningless sound from nature basically. And it's okay. not your mind, your body and your mind don't understand it from the level of intellect. Mm. It's understood on the level of feeling and a vibration. Okay. And that's why it's so potent is Mm. that the mind doesn't understand. Like, you know, the mind wants to box things and put them on, you know, particular um, categories. Mm. When the mind is saying this mantra that's personalised to you Mm. um, easily, it says it easily and effortlessly, it doesn't understand but it 
is makes it happy. It's vibrational. It's vibrational, yeah. yeah. And it, like I said, the mind is motivated by happiness. Mm. And the mind saying this mantra over and over again that has a vibration. Mm, that feels it, good. It feels good, yeah. Mm. And that's, you know, get getting to that bliss state where there's no mantra, no thought. Mm. Are that's, the mantras always Sanskrit? They're not in Sanskrit. Mm. They're, it's a, a, a sound from nature, basically, okay. a meaningless sound from nature. And how do you... How do you pick someone's? Like, how do you know what someone's is? Uh, so it's based on what we call mind-body type. Okay. So it could be, uh, like, you know, age is a component of that, mm-hmm. of, the, of the mind and the body, but also I way on which Vedic meditation is taught. So it's taught over four days. Mm-hmm. And the first day is giving you the mantra, but it's not after, it's after I do puja, which is a beautiful gratitude ceremony, mm. all sung in Sanskrit. It's mm. the most amazing thing. It takes about six minutes. Krista has such a beautiful voice as well, so it's so like Krista. so yeah. heavenly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I could do it every day, all day, every day. It's the most beautiful thing to do. Uh, and it's a gratitude ceremony. It's mm. all about the lineage. So I come from the Shankaracharya pr- tradition. I was taught traditionally uh, so we do puja and it's mm-hmm. all about acknowledging this lineage, which is about five, 6,000 years old mm. um, lineage of knowledge. It's not something that I've invented at mm. all. Uh, and so giving thanks to this lineage of knowledge before then I, you know, init- you know we call it initiation into this, init- uh, this um, amazing body of knowledge, Vedic knowledge, by giving that the student um, the mantra, mm-hmm. the personalized mantra so it yeah age is a factor but I also you know I spend a bit of time getting to know the person Mm. beforehand um before you learn Vedic meditation yeah part of the prerequisite is to you know attend an intro talk Mm -hmm. so which usually is about between half an hour and an hour just you know what is Vedic meditation etc and how it's taught so what I'm about to tell you guys um (laughs) here's one you prepared earlier here's one I prepared earlier um and then so I, I get to know that particular person yeah. and where they're at, what are some of their struggles in mm. life, what, um, you know, what's going on for them. Are they a parent? Are they, um, you know, in their 60s? Are they in their 20s? You know, it's different stages of life require different vibrational sounds mm, mm-hmm. and that have resonance. Again, there's not, you know, seven and a half billion Bija mantras because mm. I'm not learning all of them. <laughs> but, you know, if if we, if Tara and I had the same mantra, um, similar to like if we went and bought a pair of Birkenstocks and at the same shop, same size, and then we went away for a month mm. and then, you know, after, um, you know, having a chai and we put our shoes back on and we put the opposite shoes on, they would feel differently yeah. because they've mel- moulded into your body similar to bija mantras in that there's i could say the you know the meaningless sound but how the mind perceives it mm. and how the body vibrates it will be different to each of our physiologies because we've yeah. also all had different body lives yeah and so it will vibrate differently um and that changes over time as well and mm. you know like i say when you say it it you know gets subtler vaguer finer fainter and it has mm. a different resonance as you let go of stress, as mm. you sit 20 minutes twice a day, the way in which the mantra vibrates through you changes over time as well. Mm. Um, but that's why it's so potent too. So, yeah, I teach over – so that's the day one mm-hmm. you get given. And to um, Tara's point, yeah, I, it will, I'll never stop teaching just to see someone's 
space after that first meditation where mm. they've let go. Mm. And this is a letting go practice, essentially, mm. allowing the mind to fall mute, letting go of what it means to be human in those particular yeah. moment. Mm. Uh, doesn't mean you're not human, mm. but, you know, sometimes um, we get so wound up with human life yeah. that yeah. sometimes we just need a bit of a break. Yeah. Uh, but to see someone's face change, their jaw yeah. lets go, you know, we hold lots of stress in our jaw and our neck and our shoulders and in our, in our forehead and to see the face change in that first meditation will never get old. Mm-hmm. It's the most amazing feeling. So that's day one. Mm. And then the homework is to meditate. And so that's the main reason why it's taught over four days. Yeah. Because there's all obviously questions that come up once people meditate and thing, you know, feelings and yeah. I have lots of thoughts. Um, I had a clock ticking and it really annoyed me. What do I do about that? Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. um, and so each day kind of builds on the knowledge. So day two, um, we talk about, you know, the mind, the inward stroke. So the mind going to the subtler states of awareness. And then the third day we talk about the outward stroke. So mm-hmm. the body, the physiology, letting go of stress and then the fourth day, the last day, I talk about what would it look like if you meditated for a longer period of time. So um, I talk about present moment awareness and with that, you know, we've talked a lot about stress in the collective at the moment mm. um, and a lot of that aspect and having a stress physiology is that where what I like to call reflecting or rehearsing, mm. so where rehearsing about things in the future, getting worried about things, that presentation at work, getting to work, um, you know, a party that you have to attend and get a dress up for, whatever it is in our lives, we're rehearsing. And so that can create stress and anxiety because Mm. we want to perform. We want to be the best versions of ourselves um, and that creates stress. Yeah. Or we're rehearsing, uh, reflecting, which, you know, is looking at the past so, oh, I shouldn't have sent that email. Oh, God, I shouldn't have sent yeah. that text. Yeah. The shoulda, wouldas and couldas um, of life. Um, yeah, and again, that t- creates stress and depression, mm. which we see a lot of in our society at the moment is mm. a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. And yeah. it's essentially stress chemistry in the body. Mm. And when we're stressed, we can't live in the present moment. We're thinking about everything else rather yeah. than mm. being in this present moment at whatever the time is on whatever the day is. Yeah. We're desperately looking to regain control, right, instead of yeah. letting go of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So this technique is allowing the allowing you to be have, have more present moment awareness. Mm. And then long-standing practice as you've removed all the stress from your physiology is what we call all-inclusive awareness. So what we mm-hmm. want to get to is – in our eyes open and eyes closed state is feeling that bliss. So Mm. even when we're out of meditation, we can still feel happiness and Mm. creativity and, you know, we just can't shake the bliss basically. Mm. And that's what we call all-inclusive awareness. You're interacting with the world in the most relevant way. You're being guided by nature uh, because nature is – guiding us basically mm. if we only had the perception to to feel it and understand it mm. and we're 
in you know we're feeling the bliss as well at the same time without even really knowing why mm. we just feel really good mm. Mm. and that's what we want to get to we want to be feeling amazing because why wouldn't you want to yeah basically yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you put it that simply. <laughs> yeah, and to allow the mind to calm down, yeah. to allow the body to remove stress. And that's removing stress from that day. It's removing stress from last year, mm. last two and a half years, almost three now would be really great too. Yeah. And the last, you know, few decades. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, like I talked about my wrist, I had to stress when I was 15 and broke my wrist. I let go of some of that stress mm. and, you know, not, it would be great to go, oh, today in my meditation, I'd like to let go of that yeah. stress. <laughs> that happened to me like 10 years ago. Unfortunately, the body doesn't work like that. Um, oh, and what? I know, so annoying. Um, or, you know, I had significant tra- trauma in my life. Yeah. And to be honest with you, when I started this technique, I was like, oh, yeah, I really want to get rid of the trauma from, you know, my, that re- relationship breakdown. Mm. You know, it took years for, the, mm. for that to fully, you know, um, acknowledge and mm. to love the per- that particular person. I, I taught him how to meditate not that long ago. Oh, wow. Beautiful. So, yeah, it, it would be great to let go of that stress. Yeah. But, you know, as stress gets interacted with our, our body, um, we accumulate stress in a sm- small incremental ways. Mm. So letting go of stress through this technique will happen in small incremental ways. Yeah. So we're letting go of thousands and thousands of stresses mm. at any one time, unwinding and unwinding. Mm. Um, and once we let go of a stress, it's, you know, it's not needed in the body anymore. Mm. And we can feel a stress, you know, leave this our system in many different ways. We could have a thought about a thing that happened or we could have, you know, a body, the body can shake or, you know, mm. have a leg twitch or something. And we get leg twitches when we sleep as well. And that's, I say, the you know, sleep is the body's natural way of removing mm. stress. So mm. sometimes when we're just about to fall asleep, there's leg twitches. Stress release. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, body. Mm. Uh, so the body is letting go of stress as we're meditating. So, yeah, we might have an emotional response or the body might let go of something. So it's all sometimes great. people can cry in meditation, right? That's sometimes people can can cry meditation yeah. and that's it's a totally normal and natural response yeah. but we've become again you know the hypnosis yeah. of social conditioning is that crying is bad crying is bad yeah. having mm-hmm. an emotional response is mm-hmm. bad um yeah or not being stressed is bad as well yeah. you know mm. we talked about the currency of busyness at the yeah. moment and it's you know when you see friends how are you good busy mm. um not much else yeah. and you know my work is probably the least exciting thing about yeah. who I am. Yeah. But we become so obsessed with busyness. Yeah. And, you know, wanting to do more, be more. Um, and it's just not, it's not very healthy. No. Um, it's like a competition, isn't it? Like who has the biggest badge of busyness? Like, <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> the biggest bag of yeah. busyness. Yeah. 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 And it's unfortunately you know, not very healthy. No. At all. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going with that other than Vedic meditation. (laughs) Taught over four four days. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so rounding, that's right. Mm. So rounding is an advanced technique that is taught generally in a retreat setting. So how do you advance in the first place? So we usually recommend that after a year of getting your first bija mantra. Yep. 
um, then you can get an advanced mantra or advanced technique. Mm -hmm. But rounding is sort of, you could do rounding uh, as long as there's a qualified, you know, Vedic meditation teacher with you. Okay. In a retreat setting, because it'd be great to do rounding in normal everyday life, but unfortunately, you know, life happens. Um, Mm. So it's important generally to do um, rounding in a retreat setting yeah. where you're away from your normal everyday life because yeah. that's when you're able to get the full benefits. Mm. So, yeah, if you just learnt Vedic meditation, then you could do rounding 100%. Mm. Um, but advanced techniques and from a mantra perspective, we usually recommend yeah, after okay. a year. Mm-hmm. So rounding is, yeah, an advanced um, Vedic practice that incorporates – it's a f- four-part um system basically uh, which in, firstly we do about 12 to 15 minutes of um, particular Vedic asana so mm-hmm. postures that are all um, dedicated and pres- you know prescribed in a certain order to facilitate mm-hmm. the bo- the um, the body to rest and get ready to so meditate. these are like yoga poses I don't say yoga, yeah. but um, we call it you know, Vedic asana. So yeah, okay. positions that if you were, a, you know, did yoga, yeah. you would recognise. <laughs> yeah, okay. But um, they're not asana in that, you know, we're doing warrior two. And, yeah, okay. It's uh, more the restorative style. Super restorative, yeah. yeah. Not even yin, it's, mm. you know, it, or hatha. It's particular postures that are in a sequence that is facilitating the body to get ready to Yes, to okay. meditate and let go of stress. Yeah. Um, so we do that. That takes about twelve to fifteen minutes, and then mm-hmm. we do what we call um, Nadi Shodhana, which is um, alternative nostril breathing oh, yes. or pranayamic breathing. And pranayam is prana is life force energy, yes. and ayama is administration of. So you know, administration of life force energy. And when we're activating the left and right hemispheres of the brain through alternative nostril breathing mm-hmm. in a slow um, guarded way, um, it's again facilitating deep rest. And then we meditate for 20 minutes, no longer than 20 minutes mm-hmm. through, uh, you know, the Vedic technique. And then the best part is lying down for 10 minutes. <laughs> and each- I just saw Tara, like Tara's face light up about that one. I have a feeling that was her favourite part, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> well, yeah. on, on day two, I realised that during that 10 minutes you could manifest and yeah, that was okay. really fun because I didn't think about doing that. Because heaven forbid you just lay down for 10 minutes, Tara. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do nothing. Can't do nothing. Yeah, it was really funny. On the second day of doing this, uh, it was a break. There was a break because you yeah. have a couple of minutes break sometimes. And um, I went to Crystal. I was just like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> resistance, resistance. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. Get me out. I just... You know, I don't see that there's any, you know, point to keep on doing this over and over because, you know, each round will take an hour mm. and then, you know, you do it repetitively. And I just got to that resistant point and mm. Christy just like smiles at me and she's just like, oh, yeah, I know where you're at. <laughs> I've been there. But then you just um, go, okay, I'm doing another round. Yeah. And then it completely shifts. And, yeah, just transforms um, your mindset. And, you know, at the end of it, I couldn't even 
grasp back to having that mindset. Mm. But like you were saying, Krista, when you're um, taking us through this technique, it's um, not a outcome-based practice, mm. which is so hard for the mind yeah. because, you know, we're so conditioned to be so productive and just taking that time to not have something that you can tangibly see mm. at the end of mm. you know mm. three to four days, it's really hard for the brain. Yeah. Um, so that release and that surrender and that when you were taking us through the retreat, I was very fortunate because I was the only one that hadn't been rounding before and many people had come back for their multiple times or they'd done it before and I'm like, oh, if people are coming back yeah. and doing this. <laughs> they must be getting something <laughs> out of this. must be yeah. getting something because that was like my, like, yeah. yes, I'm going to, like, this is this is good. Um, but I would love to know, Krista, when you were doing this rounding and, you know, you would have done it so much more intensive than the, the time that I did, the breakthroughs that you had mm-hmm. – and can you just explain what that does and releases from the body doing it in such an intense mm. time? Sure. Um, I just wanted to just say one comment yeah. with what you just said. And, yeah, it's definitely this practice is not outcome-based, which is also, yeah. like you say, but it's not necessarily the e- the intellect that is struggling. It's the ego uh, that mm, struggles with the outcome. Yeah. I want an outcome. I need it now. And then the intellect motivated by the ego, you know, mm. e- everything that we interact with in life is based on our ego structure that has, you know, come from all of our body, all the experiences that mm. we've had in our life. So going back to, you know, playing Kiss Chasey at seven years old, mm, mm. you know, I determined that I wasn't good enough at yeah. seven years for a guy not wanting to play kiss chasey with me. Yeah. Like honestly ridiculous. But the, at that point that's what our e- my ego structure yeah. had created and then as a result of that all of my thoughts are based on that ego structure. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. so, it's trying to keep us safe ultimately, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, we've, we've had so many experiences mm-hmm. in our lives and so the ego, you know, wants to have an outcome Mm. and so when you're sitting 20 minutes twice a day or in this sense rounding and doing you know many many rounds over and over again in this retreat setting Mm. you're really you know getting from the ego on the inside out you're like changing your ego structure Mm. so that the thoughts that proliferate from that structure change over time so that you know i'm i'm dumb whatever your yeah. structure is and every thought is I, I'm not going to pass that maths test oh I won't get that job because I'm dumb you know mm. I'm dumb I'm dumb I'm dumb um you're changing the ego from the inside out so that the mm. thoughts I, I usually my, my teacher uses the the storyline of being in a nightclub so if you're in a nightclub you're going at the queue and the bouncer at the nightclub is, you know, the thought police basically. <laughs> so they're only letting people in, only letting thoughts in that are similar to yeah. what's already in. Because that. it's known. Yeah, because it's known and it's not, it's what we're used to. Mm. Okay, yeah, well, of course I won't pass that test or of course yeah. I, you know, am 
disgusting or, you know, that that boy is not going to like me or whatever it is. Yeah. It's because of this, because of this, because of this. So if the, the bouncer, the thought police is only letting similar thoughts into the mind mm. um, because that's what it's used to. Mm. And then if you're in the VIP section of the nightclub, which is the ego structure, again, there's only similar um, ego um, aspects that are being allowed into your the VIP section. And so this technique is, that, that you know, just saying your effortless, meaningless vibrational sound 20 minutes twice a day, letting go of stress from the physiology, calming that mind, you're actually changing the ego from the inside out. So the ego structure is changing and therefore the thoughts that are coming as a result of that ego structure completely change. And so mm. that's why we feel so goddamn good after, mm. especially rounding, but after long periods of this technique is because we're changing the way we feel about ourselves and the thoughts that come as a result of that. Mm. So in a rounding weekend so we did Thursday to Sunday you did over 20 rounds so 20 hours <laughs> of you know rolling around on the ground literally <laughs> literally yeah. you're um, rolling around on the ground <laughs> in case you're wondering because I thought that was just a a joke a joke but you're actually rolling <laughs> no it's real <laughs> so you know when all you're a Vedic meditator and you do your 20 minutes twice a day practice uh, which is you know um what we recommend, but mm. obviously life happens as well. Mm. And okay to, you know, miss a day or to miss a session, but we feel better when we have meditated. We yeah. all you know, we know this. So in a retreat setting, so a rounding retreat, Vedic meditation rounding retreat, the whole reason for doing this is to, um, we call it supercharged stress release. Yeah. So giving the body time over and over again, so doing rounding, which takes about an hour, like you said, over and over again is allowing the, body to let go of more and more stress to the mm. point where a weekend like we just did a few weeks ago you're removing more than almost a year oh. um, of twice daily practice yeah um, so you know you, there's a lot of stuff that happens in that weekend yeah. um, you're letting go of more and more stress than you used to you need twice daily practice but at the end of it I can 100% guarantee you feel amazing yeah and so much better. Like you said, you know, you had some resistance at a certain period of time, mm. but, you know, sometimes we have to surrender our preferences and let go mm. because mm. fundamentally that's what the practice is about as well is just letting go. And at the end of it, you know, you had some amazing changes. Yeah, definitely. I saw my dad the next day and I sent Krista a message because my dad's very in tune um, and he just said, I've never seen your energy this mm. clear mm. and this like bright. And for him to say that was just the yeah. ultimate. And the thing that really, really I was not expecting was – and I said this to Em because I was voice noting Em on the way back as I was driving back. Um, <laughs> it was very different to when she was going there. I don't know if she told you. Am I crossing um, like a friendship confidentiality line here? <laughs> yeah. So when Tara got there on the first night, she voice notes me and she was so excited for this retreat. So excited. 
she was hyping you up, hyping up the, the meditation, the retreat. She gets there and on the first night she messages me and she's like, Emily, I don't know what I've done. I, I don't know if I can do this. I, I don't think I want to do this. I don't think I want to be here. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and then suddenly the voice notes on her way back. And then just Emily didn't hear anything from me. Yeah, I was like, she was like, oh, I'm, a, I'm in the middle of the woods. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I'm strange. safe here. Yeah, <laughs> let me into my room. <laughs> and then I don't hear from her for days. And I'm like, well, I hope she's okay. <laughs> and then the Tara who was voxering from the other end was just a completely different person. It was completely person. Yeah. different <laughs> because part of your teaching on that weekend, Krista, was um, satsang, which was to really let go of anything that is I'm probably butchering this but bringing you down on a vibrational level so don't mm. engage with anything that is taking that away from you so at that time for me that was um my phone mm. um, so that's why I I did have I had no um it was so bizarre because normally I'm you know we all are very connected to my phone and I wasn't um and the other big shift as well, like Emily will attest to this, me and my caffeine, mm. like I didn't have caffeine that whole entire weekend, um, apart from a chai here and there, and I didn't need it. Mm. Um, so that was really fascinating what was happening to my body. But the other really incredible breakthrough that I had over this weekend is I thought that I was going there with the intention of connecting more to my spiritual nature, my essence, um, my higher self. And yes, in some capacities, I definitely have connected more to myself because it's that inward journey. But Mm. I feel so connected to people now and I just want to be around people and Em's like you will be like what because I'm such an introvert like I'm not very social but now like I feel so connected to people and it's that I have to attribute to that weekend the people that were there the conversations the um yes the rounding but that container that you created was so magical um yeah, it was just, I've never had an experience like it before. So if you're listening, <laughs> um, you know, I think there's um, a lot of things that you can do on a spiritual quest, but I have to say this is one of the most profound mm. that I have ever done. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome to hear. Mm. I mean, it's an advanced practice. It's an advanced um, technique and that's why rounding, doing, you know, long rounds um, or times in rounding is so profound and mm. why we do it on a retreat because yeah you know, it, it's a lot of stuff comes up we what we like to call unstressing so you know as we're doing more than twice daily meditations mm. we're letting go of more and more stress and we call that sort of collectively un, unstressing mm. because it can go in waves and we feel a lot of resistance when we're not ready to let go of some stress. Yeah. We recycle some stresses because, you know, like I talked about, the we're changing the ego from the inside out. And mm. when we let go of things that are so profoundly important or we think are important yeah. or are, um, an aspect of who we e- exist to the world, if we yeah. let that go, that, you know, I'm not smart, then who am I without yeah. that? What's my identity? 100%. Mm. And so it's quite, can be quite taxing. Mm. 
because yeah, who are we? Yeah, without that cloud or that yeah. shadow or um, that feeling. But how profoundly, mm. uh, well, profound mm. is it that you get to do that, mm. and it's life changing. And so mm. that's why people come back to yeah, do I get it weekends. Now. I get it, or even long periods. So during my teacher training, we did almost eight hundred <sighs> over a three month period. Yeah, wow. you know, up to fourteen hours a day. Wow, well, wow. you know, m- months. Um, and you know, you can only imagine yeah. what comes up as a result of that, but that's why the, it's so profound. Mm. Um, you definitely couldn't do that at home in your normal life. Could you like imagine like the phone calls and then someone comes to knock at the door or yeah. your pet is hungry or you need yeah. to feed yourself or this is like, All it would the be so hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, you talked about the container of the retreaters, mm. um, yeah, that's really important. So, you know, um, and I like to have a theme for each of my retreats and this retreat was su- the concept of satsang. So satsang in in Sanskrit, sat is truth. Mm-hmm. And satsang as a um, a word, we, you know, you probably would have heard it in the concept of, you know, meeting of like minds and singing, singing um, mantras yes. or kirtan. Amazing, 100%. But there's also from in a relative world existence, we're talking about um, things that elevate our status. So mm. that could be, um, you know, things like what we put in our bodies, mm. um, the television that we watch, the, you know, the, the things that we do during the day mm. and, you know, doing things that make us feel better, um, nourish us, nourish our soul. Mm. And then the opposite of that is, Kursandat in Sanskrit, which basically means anything that um, pulls us down, yeah. anything that, you know, degrades our status. So we want to be quite vigilant and um, discerning in our lives about things. You know, it's a great practice to en- enliven satsang in mm. our lives because we want to be, you know, yeah, vigilant and discerning about things that enliven us, things mm. that make us feel good mm. or you know, things that don't make us feel good. And that can be people too. So, mm, you know, yeah. what I like to call energy vampires, people that whenever we're around them, we just don't feel yeah. great. Mm. Um, and you kind of want to shake that all yeah. off. We want to be spending, in, in this day and age as well, we want to be spending with pe- people, like you just said, you want to spend people yeah. time with people that mm. make you feel good. Yeah. Because that's really, vibrational medicine too, right? Like if you're is. around people who are operating on that same vibration or higher, like you're going to feel great. Yeah. yeah, and that's the other thing is that we know in this society we think um, a lot of um, emphasis has been put on the acquisition of wealth, the ac- yeah. acquisition of things, um, and the biggest, most you know, supreme currency is not gold or crypto or mm. having a jet ski or um, you know how many friends you have on social media. Yeah. It's time and with time mm. comes what we put our and bring our attention to or mm. and intention but what we bring our attention to. And so if we can enliven satsang in our lives, things that elevate our status rather than things that degrade our status, mm. you know, it's what a beautiful thing to be incorporating in our lives. Yeah. And so on the retreat, um, the, the food that we ate or like, you know, Ayurvedic-based, mm-hmm. the people are all there for the same reason. So, mm. you know, t- took lock long walks in nature we did um 
like a sound healing. Mm-hmm. So things that are, you know, enlivening, enlivening us. Yeah. Um, so that was the theme of the retreat, which was I think everyone, you know, felt better <laughs> yeah. after that. Yeah. And just like reflecting on that, I just I never saw anyone on their phones, which was just so interesting. Mm. Um, like being in an environment where no one's on their phone. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know that's like just an odd thing now. Yeah. yeah. But it was so enriching to the soul yeah. to just switch off. Yeah, mm. completely switch off. Well, one, I don't have great Wi-Fi. No. <laughs> that helps. Yeah, because I'm in the middle of nowhere. They weren't but, on their phones because there was no reception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, talking about having present moment awareness. They're not thinking about like, you know, I want to post. Yes. Yeah. Which I've – so that's why I find it so difficult to take lots of photos and put things on social media because yeah. I, I don't feel the need because the, the energetics are yeah. not the right – it's yeah. not the right thing. It's so true. Mm. Yeah. I remember you saying to me, I because before I went down there, I said, Krista, look, will it be okay if on the Friday I take like a couple of work meetings? <laughs> and, <things laughs> like and she's like, uh, no. <laughs> she's like, you're not going to want to speak to anyone else um, yeah. unless they're rounding. And I, I didn't quite get it. I'm like, oh, I'm sure I'll be able to sneak it. And then I, when I was in the process, I was like, oh, yep, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're just so in your moments. Like, yeah, it's just like I for, like I forgot that I didn't, mm. you know, message you back, Em, and that I was just like, oh, I think something's going to happen to me <laughs> in the middle of the woods. Oh, in the cabin. <laughs> in the oh. cabin. Um, but I also wanted to say, Krista, the thing that surprised me was the, I don't know if this would be controversial, but the people that were drawn to this technique I assumed in my mind that they would be very yogic and really not um I guess really enmeshed with the with the world and I was very surprised that a lot of um people on the retreat are um were really straddling you know that that corporate world as well and that made me realize just yes how much benefit that this technique is giving them to be in mm. high positions high demanding positions and how they've found this to be able to cope with you know not only our day-to-day stress but some incredible work stress as well mm. so that mm. was really um interesting to me mm. i mean meditation is still sort of on the fringe mm. yoga is more palatable mm. in the corporate world. Is you know it's still a mm. bit you yeah. know woo woo. Mm. Yeah, uh, totally. meditation's definitely woo woo. Yeah, um, but people are stressed. <laughs> no, yeah. you don't have to wear you know um, yeah happy pants and have dreadlocks to yeah. meditate. Yes, yes. We're just you know just normal people that have normal lives, mm. uh, and it's relevant for anyone and everyone because we all have stress because we're humans yeah. and we all interact with demands in a different way mm. and we all have, like I said before, we all have different body stresses and body lives and we all need to, you know, help ourselves because nothing's mm. wrong, mm. 100%, nothing is wrong with us now. Just sometimes we need a bit of support and mm. whether, you know, you like to go walking on the beach or go to a yoga class or mm. have coffee with your friends, all of those are beautifully nourishing. Mm. 
But this technique is, you know, profound in that it's allowing that mind to calm down and essentially forget to let go and then mm-hmm. letting go of the stress from the physiology because it's just not – we're not able to do it in the 21st century yeah. life just from the sleep. But, yeah, it's for everyone and, and everyone. And mm. like I say, you don't have to wear tie-dye yeah. to, to come mm, and see yeah. me. Like, you know, I've, I've worked – I'm in the corporate world. I work mm. in mining. Mm. And that's why I think it's so beautiful that you are able to infiltrate that world. Yeah. Mm. I think <laughs> there's two really interesting things that came up when you were asking that question, mm. T. Firstly, that thought that we believe that people who are of a spiritual nature need to look a certain way, like that you yeah. can't be both. And almost I actually now recognise that in myself. Krista, when you said that you are a geologist. I was like, what? Because automatically my mind was like, okay, Krista is a Vedic meditation teacher. This is what she looks like. This is what her life looks like. It's so weird that we make up that um, idealistic image. I just want to give that permission that you don't necessarily have to be, you know, super spiritual to, to do this. No, like but similarly, a, if you are super spiritual, you yeah. don't have to look a certain, like you mm. can do the things that make you feel good without having to prescribe to a certain image or mm. projection. Mm. Yeah. I mean, some of my students are work in the health system or yeah. psychiatrists. I've yeah. got other, you know, people that are in similar mining um, yeah. professions to me. Um, I've got drillers, I've got, you know, so it's yeah. a lot of people that do have similar experiences to me. That's yeah. also like I'm finding it interesting that the students the that find draw. me draw, yeah. I, I, you know, resonate with me because mm. I've had similar experiences mm-hmm. to them. And that's also what makes it so amazing is that, you know, I've got drawing in similar people. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't matter where you come from or who you are or what career you have uh, and or or really how much stress you're having mm, right mm, now mm. is that anyone and everyone can benefit. And, yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've um, taught children. Mm. I've taught, you know, I think the youngest was six and the oldest is about almost 80. Mm-hmm. So and everything and everyone in between. Mm. Mm. I think it's cool as well the second thing that kind of came to mind is that you're working with a lot of people, Krista, who have the capacity to be real change makers in their industry. And I think how amazing is that? Like when you were talking at the beginning about, you know, society is not conducive with living a stress-free life. Like it's, it's so hard. And I'm thinking in my head, like, what do we do about this? Like, how do we fix this? And I think, again, it comes down to like it very often does on this podcast, like that self-mastery and then being able to inspire and share our gifts and learnings with other people so then they can improve and master themselves. And then it just kind of goes in this wide web from there. But, yeah, how amazing that those people in those industries, like in the mining industry where it isn't, it definitely isn't conducive, but then also like healthcare, like nurses on shift work, like, talk about stress on the body like massive Mm. but how amazing that then these people can then go and share with others in their industry Mm. and make that change like I think that's really beautiful yeah Yeah. and they must have seen you change as well Krista yeah they would have been like what are you doing yeah what's What's your secret (laughs) that's you know we want to be exemplars and not just because I teach this but every student is being by just literally doing the practice, mm. they're the best, adver- you know, advertisement. Yeah. Mm. They're being exemplar for what 
it means to be doing that technique. Yeah. Because you, for reasons unknown, you're just sitting with your back supported, saying mm. a, a meaningless mantra over and over again for yeah. 20 minutes twice a day. But, you know, we don't, again, coming back to the outcome based, we're not outcome based at all. So whatever happens in those 20 minutes, we don't worry about, we don't judge ourselves we don't force, we don't fight, we mm. don't try to control or coerce or anything like that. We don't mm. try. There's no trying at all. If you forget that you're you're meditating, you're like, oh, oh, that's right, I can't feel my hands. Oh, yeah, mantra, 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 mantra. And then all <laughs> of a sudden 20 minutes goes. Yeah. You open your eyes. Yeah, life still happens. Mm. Yeah. You've got kids running around or you need to make dinner or you need to get here, there and everywhere. doesn't mean life's going to get any easier no. but it means we're able to deal with life's demands in a more relevant way so yeah. you're feeling happier feeling more creative um you know having faster reaction times if mm. you know it's good for sports people as well like i've, I've taught mm. ath- um you know athletes they're able to you know in a high pressure situation be yeah. able to make the best you know kick the the football yeah. in the best yeah. way or um you know all those sorts of things. So much more resilient. Uh, we are, yeah. yeah. Mm. And the same with, you know, in the corporate world, be able mm. to deal with stressful situations, make, um, you know, high pressure decisions mm. in a really quick, manageable and, you know, easier way mm. um, because they're not governed by their stress. They're not talking through their the veneer of stress. Yeah. They're giving mm. themselves an opportunity just for themselves to sit. Yeah. So one of my students is in a high pressure job. He um, leaves work, drives to work, meditates at his office for wow. in his car yeah. or he goes to work. So then he can be the best version of yeah. himself, having accumulated stress on his way to work, mm. comes home, knows that his family are inside waiting for him, but <laughs> he meditates in his car before he gets it gets into the house because yeah. he knows those twenty minutes he's accumulated all the stress from that day. And also, you know, we want to let go of stress from, you know, years and years and years ago. He knows that even though he's missing 20 minutes of his family time, he knows that he needs to meditate in the car, in the driveway to then be the best version of himself without, Mm. you know, having that veneer of stress. And, you know, like I said before, his child, you know, drops some milk on the ground. He's not going to blow his top. Yeah, Um, He's calmly and quietly going to be up, you know, mm. have a reaction that mm. is more relevant. And that's yeah. what we ultimately what a want. Gift. Yeah. yeah. I, honestly, it's, it takes a lot of time and practice and to mm. find out what's, what's going to work for you. Um, you know, I've got a hairdresser student that uh, finishes her day eight o'clock every mm. most nights, cleans the salon, meditates in the, you know, in the salon chair, then goes home because mm. she knows that better for her to meditate now than to get home and you know life's demands happen and then it's 11 o'clock at night and she's you know it's too late to meditate by then Mm. so just making it work in fitting it into your life that's Mm. important and um, my teacher Tom Knowles always says that if people can't find 20 minutes Mm. to meditate they need to meditate for an hour yeah you know and 20 minutes for a non-meditator can seem like a lifetime because I want to scroll Instagram or I've got emails to answer or I've got yada 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 to do in our lives but 20 minutes goes pretty quickly Mm. and Mm. doing it just for yourself it's a practice just for you Mm. 
that is working, you know, your body is doing exactly what you need in that given moment, mm-hmm. whether that's to deeply rest and, you know, you're dropping the shoulders, you're, you know, you're losing tightness in the jaw or the forehead or wherever you're holding stress or you're having lots of thoughts and mm. having thoughts is totally fine, perfect. Thoughts are our friends. Yeah. And this is the, the technique of not worrying about what happens in the meditation. We don't judge that we have all mm. these thoughts about, you know, obscure things. Oh, gosh, I need to get fuel. I need to buy five apples. Oh, gosh, I didn't get eggs. Yeah. You know, <laughs> things that, that our mind wants to yeah. always think about. We don't worry about what happens. The mind and the body know exactly what needs to do and then mm. that it needs to do in that given moment. Mm. And then after 20 minutes you open your eyes and, you know, you just feel better. Mm. And cumulatively doing this, mm. we're able to be having that, you know, be in the present moment, having um, the most relevant reactions to whatever mm. life is happening to us. And then, you know, having, um, you know, less clammy palms, yeah. less heart racing, you know, having more peripheral vision because yeah. we can see we're not bound by the stresses that are, are through our body mm. and so we're you know, more of the, the bliss chemistry and that is just, you know, amazing and that's why I'll continue to mm. do this practice and continue to teach because I want everyone to feel how yeah. amazing it is mm. to have feel bliss. I yeah. feel so inspired right now but I also I want to be really vulnerable actually. I really fear meditation. I think for two reasons. I think firstly there's the anxious part of me that is like, A, I don't want to be stuck with my thoughts or trying to clear my thoughts because that's something that I, I know I struggle with. So I think there's like that fear there. Um, but I think also maybe on a deeper level, I fear meditation because I'm actually scared of the power that's possible for me that will come from meditating. I wanted to know if you had any advice for people. And I feel like possibly I talk for a lot of people here when I say that, that for me, like, I know I should meditate. I know I hear it all the time. I know. And I have definitely like dabbled with meditation. Absolutely. I struggle to stick to a routine or a pattern with it though. And I know there are other factors contributing to that. Um, But I, yeah, I find it scary and I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't want to do it (laughs) very often. So how can people like me access medica- uh, meditation and start to, yeah, weave it into their world. Because I'll be honest with you, 20 minutes, let alone 20 minutes twice a day, sounds like my worst nightmare. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. So where do I start? And also if, you know, like would love to do a retreat and would love to do four, like the four-day training, but is there even a place that people can start even prior to that? So coming back to great question, um, coming back. <laughs> that was to, a very big question. No, no, sorry. no, it's good, and I'll try and weave things in. But um, totally normal. Yeah, hundred percent normal. Um, if you've tried meditation before, even if you haven't, like I said, you know, COVID has been wonderful in that yeah. we've got a bunch of really amazing apps that yeah give you some experience as to what meditation could look like, and you know, mm-hmm. talked about the contemplation and um, concentration types. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're giving your mind an, a, an opportunity to sort of press pause on life yeah. so that when you open your eyes, you might, you've still used your mind to concentrate on the flame or, mm. you know, get a guided meditation. Yeah. Um, 
and you do feel better, but the 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 impacts or the benefits are not as longer lasting. Yeah. Um, which is what I've have found because mm. um, I've you know I did Vipassana ten day retreat in my early twenties in Thailand, and you know within a week I was not doing it again. Yeah. Um, so whilst I did have great benefits, I wasn't mm. using, didn't use it. I've never done it since mm. then. Mm. Um, but just trying something that feels good in in the moment. Mm. So trying an app or, yeah. um, you know, going to the beach and yeah. just looking at the waves. Yeah. As a, an opportunity to meditate. Or oh, that turns out speakers. I do meditate then. <laughs> yeah. Emily's language. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That all, makes that, and they, there's, you know, people run to meditate. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just figuring out what works for you. Yeah. But in terms of, um, you know, the supreme mm. um, way of letting go of stress mm. is this mm. Vedic meditation mm. te- technique. Mm. But no, don't feel bad about it. Mm. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, we again, it comes back to the shoulda, wouldas, and couldas. I should meditate. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. nothing is wrong at all. Yeah. Um, that you don't want to. And if if and when it's relevant for you to learn this technique, mm. I'll be waiting. Yeah. But if <laughs> if not, that's also totally fine. Yeah. And um, we don't worry about it, and we don't judge ourselves for giving yourself an opportunity to dip a toe into mm. other techniques. Mm. Amazing. And then just seeing how you feel. But yeah, 20, yeah. 20 minutes twice a day for a non meditator seems like, what? Yeah. No way. I'm not doing Extreme. that. Extreme. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that time. Yeah. Um, but it's again, it's about, you know, priorities and what we Definitely. prioritize in our lives. And yeah. if your journey is to go along this with this technique, mm. then you, and you know how good you'll feel, then, then you will do yeah. it. Yeah. But, hundred percent dip a toe into mm. you know using insight timer or yeah. using headspace because there's just some phenomenal um techniques in yeah. there and five to you know two hours five minutes to two hours yeah. worth of um, t- um guided meditations in there mm. and they're all for different things yeah and then that comes back to this technique is an outcome based whereas mm. if you went i, I want to look up um you know, I want to, you know, manifest a million dollars, then mm. you could probably look up meditation for manifesting a million dollars. Yeah. So again, comes, you know, it's an outcome-based yes. practice. Yeah. But mm-hmm. coming back to your point on, um, you know, the vulnerability around mm. I don't want to mm. or I'm worried about what might come up. Yeah. It's, and again, it's totally normal and, yeah. you know, many students have the same kind of reaction because mm. we get, scared to let go of what is yeah, familiar familiar and also you know the thoughts about ourselves and how we interact with the world so mm. you know um without using an 80s phrase like you know <laughs> I'm fat ugly and gross you know but that's unfortunately especially women yeah. Yeah. that's how we feel yeah um and so every thought is based on the fact that I think it's I'm reaffirming that uh, yeah, so to let go of that, who are you without that yeah. shadow that of freedom. that? Yeah, and it's scary to let go of what, like you yeah. say, what is familiar. And Even what if is, we know it's not serving us. Yeah, mm. and it's like a really it's warm cloak. Mm. Yeah. It's a really warm cloak and a jacket that feels good. Yeah. Um, but what is it if I just let it go? Yeah. And who am I, you know, having that um, intellectual freedom and 
like freedom to for the ego as well yeah. to completely let go. And, you know, the ego likes to box as well yeah. as the intellect. So to all of a sudden to be free of mm. um, that restriction mm. is scary. Yeah. Because who are you Yeah. now? Yeah. Um, yes. And that's so what I experienced and Em would have seen me experience this because mm. I got back and I was like – oh, everything's looking a bit different mm. um, and that that's scary, that ego death and that like what you have to confront mm. to, you know, maybe you don't think that way anymore because you realise that you picked up that thought from something that wasn't relevant to you and yeah. it's um, – that shedding process mm. and like you say, Em, yeah, what you are capable of and yeah. tapping into the divine and your higher self and that power mm. that you feel there is, um, yeah, scary. Yeah. And it won't happen in the first meditation. Yeah. Either, you know, like, and we're not going to get let go of the thousands of yeah. stresses that your body has accumulated over your Amount of time, <laughs> um, you know, you're all unwinding them yeah. at all different times, and yeah. you're not gonna, you'd, you know, we'd all probably die immediately if we mm. let go of all of our stresses that yeah. we've accumulated <laughs> in our lifetime, and you know, the body a bit shocking, it's shocking. The body won't do that, yeah. Um, but you know, giving yourself an opportunity to have a different experience, yeah. To what could it be, yeah. Um, it's totally up to you. Like, I'll mm. be waiting. Mm. <laughs> If it, when if and whenever you yeah. want to, and I say that to everyone that comes to intro talks with me, is yeah. that if this technique is something that you resonate with, then I'll be here. Mm. Um, yeah. If not, doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I'll be here for another fifty something years. Yeah. Is the plan. Come when, back when you're ready. Come back when you're ready. And yeah. you know, my teacher Tom Knowles talks about the pathway to enlightenment. Mm. You could, if you went from Perth to Sydney the quickest way to do it is to fly mm. and, you know, uses this technique as that aspect mm. of, from the analogy. If you, you could walk, that would take a really long time. Mm. You could, you know, drive, um, mm. you know, and he uses the analogy of, um, you know, going for a run or going for a swim is meditative 100%, yeah. but it's not necessarily going to assist you in the your pathway. Yeah. To enlightenment. Same with driving could be, you know, other techniques. Yeah. But this technique is so profound in that it's, you know. Getting us there quicker. Getting us getting yeah. there quicker. Yeah, and it's interesting that you should say that because I really think that um, like any of the Vedic sciences, when it is – meant to come into your life, mm. it finds you. Mm. And mm -hmm. that is very much what happened with you, Krista. I was speaking to my um, Vedic astrologer mentor and he's like, Tara, let's talk about your meditation practice. And then I was just like, yeah, I need to go deeper with this. And then, yeah, you were, you know, there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, there was no way you weren't going to be part of my world. It was just like you know, came, came in, you know, appearing when you're ready. So mm. if you are listening to this, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how your journey with meditation is. And, and like you said, Krista, there is that concentration and contemplation method, but this uh, Vedic technique is um, 
very different um, in my experience as well as a meditation practice and, and what you feel from it. So that is just, yeah, my experience as well. Mm. Mm. And it's, you know, letting go and learning to come home, like coming back to who we really Mm. are. Mm. And that, again, is also, you know, not how society lives, which can be quite confronting too. Mm. But fundamentally I want to teach people to Mm. let go of stress and to, you know, help their mind calm down. So, you know, a lot of people complain about having so many thoughts, I can't Mm. quiet the monkey mind uh, and or I can't sleep or I'm having this or that or I'm on Mm. this or that medication. Mm. Um, That's what they want. They just want to be able to quiet the monkey mind and sleep better. But what the benefits Mm. they're actually getting are so far-reaching. Yeah. But the people just come to, you know, have less. Yeah have less thoughts essentially. Yeah. Remember my teacher saying to me, uh, and he's been, you know, teaching this technique for over five decades, said you will spend the rest of your life telling people and talking to people about thoughts. Mm. And I thought at the time, oh, no way. Like, (laughs) but yeah, that's pretty much what. Yeah. Mm. Talking to people about thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Krista. Is there anything that you would like to say that you haven't said or got across anything that you want to finish on? Mm, any golden nuggets? Oh, golden <laughs> nuggets. Um, I suppose to the point I was saying before about the the currency of busyness and mm. that it's this society has um, unfortunately made us feel like this is what we need to be doing and from a, you know, acquisition of wealth and material mm. possessions. And so we're losing sight of who we really are. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, existing in this world. And for me that's, you know, why I also want to teach is I want people to feel really not just exist, mm. to actually see the world for the beauty that it is and mm. not just exist in it, to see the sparkle in the water where the sun shines on it at sunset or see the way the leaves shake in the trees mm. to you know, have and spend time with people with real intent and to meet them in the eyes and to have mm. full experience with mm. their children mm. because they're present, they're having pre- being in the present. They're not thinking about before, they're not thinking about the future, they're being present yeah. and with that comes, you know, pure bliss and full experience in life. Mm. And, you know, just my experience and I know, you know, many others that have had this, you know, technique over many, many years Mm. and certainly for my students is they're able to deal with life's demands in the most relevant way and that's most important for me is that they're not at the lowest of the low. They've found me when you just there's something not 100% and I just want to see if things can be a bit better. Mm. Like I said before, no one, nothing is wrong with anyone at ever but sometimes it's good to just you know try something new mm. and you know nothing changes if nothing changes yeah absolutely so yeah if anyone is interested in this technique I'd love to hear from you um yeah I'll give these guys <laughs> the yeah, details but all Chris's details yeah so I teach down south I live down south now so I, I teach all around the southwest 
Um, I teach in Perth every sort of three or four weeks, um, do regular retreats. I'm just about to advertise for a retreat in Bali in June next year, which mm-hmm. if you don't haven't learnt, you can learn on retreat. So it'll be seven days in Bali on a beautiful location. But, yeah, it's like I said, nothing changes if nothing changes. And if you're yeah. feeling and something isn't connecting or something isn't mm-hmm. right or you're not engaged or you're not dealing with this, you know, stress in your life, uh, oh, trying a technique, trying something like this is it might seem crazy and outlandish and what the hell, <laughs> uh, but to give your body and your mind 20 minutes twice yeah. a day to sit and rest is more profound than I can ever explain. And to feel bliss is just the most supreme feeling ever. You articulated that so well yeah. and it's just like dropped for me. Yeah, same. The, um, that is exactly what this technique has given me. It's like not only just leaning into the present moment but feeling the bliss in that present moment and I haven't understood why when I go on my walks now and I, you know, talk to people or exchange or pat their dogs or something like that, mm. like why it elevates me so much. I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> like why is this bringing me so much joy? But like that is like the highlight yeah. of my day and like normally it would be you know, something very outcome-based or, yeah, I mm-hmm. achieved this or I got that done. And now it's like You're seeing just it. this man's mm-hmm. dog, like, come up to me and, like, be really happy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, yeah. like, that's the ultimate. Like, I feel like I've arrived. Mm. I'm just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think that's incredible. And I just want to ask, I know that you've really touched on this on your um, – just now, but um, always asking – what does health is a new wealth mean to you? Mm. When you sent me this question, I'd been <laughs> thinking about it, but, you know, what, again, what does wealth actually mean? And wealth in the this 21st century life of the gotta, gotta, gotta is about richness mm. and, again, acquisition of wealth and material possessions. And, uh, you know, it, uh, that... Uh, complete does not resonate with me mm-hmm. at all. And so, you know, I talked about the supreme currency of life is time and with that the attention that we put things on. So for me the, you know, health is a new wealth. That's what it was or wealth mm-hmm. is a new. <laughs> health is a new wealth um, is what we put our attention to. That's yeah. the supreme currency you know, for me anyway, and again, coming back to the that concept of satsang, what doing things that elevate my life. So, spending time with good people, eating good food. Mm. You know, again, eighty twenty, but mm. you know, eating good food. Um, yeah, being in nature, mm. and I think being discerning about. Um, the health industry as well. I mean, we could probably talk mm. about that for a long time as well, but mm. um, doing what feels right in those moments. Yeah. So not being told that you need to do this or you need to take those supplements or you need, you know, there's a lot of stuff, especially under the, you know, the head highlight of health and mm. wellness um, and under, you know, mindfulness. Mm. It's just, you know, if you're able to, be discerning and vigilant about what is good for you in those moments, yeah. um, I think is 
you're on a on a positive journey um and health changes what health means changes like you know look at the food pyramid for yeah 30 yeah, years ago so true and <laughs> now it's you know completely mm. different um but ha- wealth and richness inside mm. not the wealth and richness outside of mm. you know getting more money holding more money and you know money is an energy and is it should come in and it should go out. That's mm. how the from the Vedic worldview, money should be a flow state. Mm. It mm. comes in and it goes back out again. We don't hoard. Mm. So the wealth, whether it be money or otherwise, um, you know, we we want to be in the world. We don't want to be holding um, holding in. So I just feel, you know, my richness, where mm. I feel richness is being able to be um, – yeah, in nature, in the world, doing good things for my body, for my mind, spending time with good people, having interactions like, you know, patting a dog mm. in the supermarket. Yeah. Or like this morning I walked along the beach and I saw this woman with this amazing dress. I was like, I've got to ask where the dress is from. And, you know, had a beautiful 30-second mm. interaction. Mm. Just things like that. Mm. That, you know, I, I've had a positive experience she's had you know a warm fuzzy yeah. at seven in the morning you know like mm. just really feeling life not yeah. not closing off and yeah. that you know from a body perspective but just you know energetic perspective mm. just feeling all of the feels I want to feel love and you know um heightened states of um you know I play lots of sports so feeling you know, desire to win, feeling, you know, all of those, you know, more energetic aspects. But mm. I also want to feel sadness and feel grief and feel mm. what it feels to be human because that's mm. what it's mm. all about. But yeah. having mo- being the most relevant version and interacting with those particular stresses, whether it be, you know, on the tennis court and about to, you know, lose a game or whatever, like, mm. you know, controlling that stress uh, or, you know, having sadness and grief and feeling all of that and being able to be um, in those moments in the most beautiful, relevant, most present way. Mm. That's amazing. That's And I think it's really interesting when you were talking before about that glorification of busy, mm. like how many of us put our health at stake for that pursuit of material wealth, mm. um, but then look at the impact that, yeah, that's having on our health and mm. how can we switch that around and yeah, make wealth and feeling wealthy be more than just about that material gain. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And what, what we bring our attention to, what we give our attention to and yeah, you know, time, time goes and we can spend it doing things that, you know, make us feel good or yeah. not feel good. And I know what my preference is. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Krista. Uh, thank you so much, Krista. I um I set the intention before the podcast for this to be so nourishing to our listener. Mm. So I really hope that you have taken away something from this conversation and it has deepened your activated your interest in Vedic meditation. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. We would love to hear your thoughts and we will put all Krista's details in the show notes. And, yeah, share with us if you have tried this technique or are keen to try it. Yeah. Yeah.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Jay Thank you for listening, fellow witch. Em and I love hearing from you and any insights or aha moments that you've had. So please share those with us. And you can do that by leaving a rating or review or getting in contact with us on Instagram. And make sure that you're following us on your favorite podcast platform. We really want to reach more fellow witches just like you. And speaking of, come and join us and the conversation on social media. We are at Witches Being Witches on Instagram. And we'd love to see you inside our Facebook group, the WBW Coven. See you next time, fellow witch. Thanks for listening to Witches Being Witches. Remember, happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success. Health is the new wealth and kindness is a new call. We'll see you next episode.